Welcome to the Chief of Cybersecurity Podcast, where we discuss relevant information concerning the cybersecurity workforce, business development, and best practices made possible by CMIS. Learn more at CMIS.net. And for a list of authorized publications, visit DwayneHart.com. And now, here's your host, Dwayne Hart. Welcome, everyone, to the Chief of Cybersecurity Podcast session. Today is going to be great, as many of the podcast sessions are. And as always, I try to engage in a little bit of history prior to even discussing the topic for today. The part of the history that I want to bring into attention is that for all my listeners, I want you to think about 25 years ago. When you walked into the doctor's office and everything was done on paper. And remember how all your records were kept in a folder. And some of your medical records were even kept at home. And if you kept going to the doctor weekly, then you would have a stack of papers. Imagine how hard it was to keep up with all that documentation. Well, today's technology has resolved that issue because in the healthcare sector, we have went to an electronic version of a lot of information. But also, too, it, it as the healthcare sector has provided ways to get access to viable data. Think about your primary provider. And think about a secondary provider, how those two providers can access information on your healthcare industry. Um, um, what am what am I going to say? Was I going to say uh, healthcare industry? No, no, it's not the industry. It is your healthcare. I am just moving fast ahead in this podcast here. Because I'm so excited to go and talk about healthcare. So let's just move on and talk about healthcare for a minute here. But we're going to integrate technology in the middle of this podcast because technology has given us great room to advance in the healthcare industry. And some of the technologies that we use in healthcare are seen every day. Just imagine when you go to a doctor's office and there's a kiosk machine. Think about all the clinical data that is being shared amongst the government and healthcare industries. Think about the fact is that you can now speak to your doctor through Zoom. Isn't that important? You don't even have to go into the office. Think about COVID-19. You know, you could send your doctor an email and then there's telemedicine and you could log in and you get a chance to see your doctor and your doctor kind of goes over your health record and to see what's going on and to make sure that you stayed healthy. Those are great advancements in the healthcare industry, but underneath the fabric of all the advancements in technology, cybersecurity needs to be in place. That's why the topic for this for today is called Cybersecurity Challenges for the Healthcare Sector. 
So without delaying, let's go ahead and move on into this podcast session and talk about health care and cybersecurity. But our first step, we're going to have to talk about some of the technologies that are available. One of the technologies that is fastly growing is artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is the idea of using robotic software. Think about something that is designed by humans and something that's supposed to take the place of humans. So imagine a, a pharmacy at a hospital and imagine artificial intelligence software is monitoring all the different type of medications and notice that majority of the medication being distributed has to deal with pain medication, okay, and pain medicine. Maybe the artificial intelligence platform can take that data and states that about 50, 50% of your patients are having problem with pain. And then the hospital can take the information in and do a research study because hospitals really only do a research study based on areas that serve as important. Some of the other factors that you get out of artificial intelligence is they can automate re reminders. When you have patients that are supposed to be taking their medicine at a certain time, and if they don't take it at a certain time, artificial intelligence software can remind them when they need to take their medication because there are some smart devices that individuals can wear on their body that would sense when medication is being taken. So if you miss your medication, then artificial intelligence software can alert the individual that they need to take their medication. It, it also can identify people at high risk. Have you ever heard of IBM Watson? See, that's one of those platforms out there that does the same for healthcare industries. Some of the other factors or technologies in place is telemedicine, kiosk machines, and there's something called smart pills where there's a Bluetooth watch that monitors your health condition. Then also, too, there's voice recognition software. Now, patients can log on to a website and use voice recognition software to send information to their doctors. Then last, there is robotic software. So robots are used to do surgeries now, but they're not major surgeries. Let's say, for instance, if you had a cut on your hand and you need to get stitches, so they call in Tina the robot. Tina the robot comes in and puts stitches in your hand. All right. Now, um, there are other factors to deal with too when it comes to healthcare outside of the technologies. And that is data integrity and data protection. Information sharing and data protection is very important because technology changes a lot. And as the healthcare industry starts to expand, it happens because there's a lot of data that needs to be captured. 
25 years ago, we didn't have so much data. You know, you go to the doctor and if and if you had a broken leg, you know, a doctor would do a little paragraph and that's it. But now doctors have to annotate more more information because of privacy. Privacy has become a strong issue because we are storing information on servers, web-based applications, the cloud environment. All of those are part of IT-based systems. So with the need for data, there is a need for protection. And that's why you have the Privacy Act of 1974. But let's just deep dive, deep, deep dive into data protection. Because your health care is saved by one provider and there's another provider that needs to obtain that information. So in order for that to happen, you as a person has to release rights. What I mean by release rights is that you have to get authorization for those healthcare providers to share information amongst each other. It's it's no different than you having a hard copy and taking it to one provider and then taking another copy to the other provider. Because as of now, everything is done on an electronic format. The Veterans Administration has a challenge because of all the veterans' health, health records that they have. And imagine how much information has to be protected. Healthcare sectors is here to serve and to help us, and that's why HIPAA is in place, which is called the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. The purpose is so that medical information disclosed during diagnosis or treatment um, can be only seen by certain personnel. So information like your Social Security number and your health care plans, it has to stay private. HIPAA is very important. Amongst data protection and amongst all the technology, there is also some cybersecurity gaps in place. Here's the way we can look at the cybersecurity gaps. They are probably no different than any other sector in cybersecurity. The only difference is that we are now talking about the healthcare sector. Here are some of the cybersecurity gaps that are in place. Outdated medical hardware and software. Some of the kiosk machines are using older operating systems like Windows 7. So we know Windows 7 is not supported now because Microsoft is slowly transitioning up to Windows 11. So if it's not a Windows 10-based system, then it's very vulnerable. Now, now for my listeners out here, I want you to think about something. If you have a very old legacy system, and if you don't have any type of support to secure that system, imagine how vulnerable that system is. This is where the cybersecurity mindset comes to surface, and digital modernization plays a key role because digital modernization is about modernizing applications and systems. 
the cybersecurity mindset plays a key role here because you have to protect data. And this is where information sharing comes to surface. This is where the growth mindset comes to surface. This is where having that risk-based attitude comes to surface. And the last one that all my friends at Global Podcast Studios like is the hacker's hat. See, that's a term that floats around here a whole lot because hackers are always trying to find the winkiest link. Cybersecurity risks are ignored. I cannot overly stress this because there needs to be a risk-based attitude because you haven't been hacked and you don't have no events. That does not necessarily mean that you're safe. So in the healthcare sector, all eyes and ears needs to be open and also to take into consideration that although you have not been hacked or you don't have no events or you haven't found any risk, that does not mean that you're safe. Extending risks into a framework where individual um, operate like human firewalls is the key. Because as individuals operate like human firewalls, they will have that defensive mindset and will not ignore risk. Small health organizations are struggling to keep up. Yes, because of money. Smaller organizations do not have the infrastructure to purchase all of these high-end type of technologies. If you are somewhere in the city of Atlanta, and if you've ever been been to one of the outlining clinics for Emory Healthcare, you see some of the best technology because they are large healthcare organizations, and they can afford to purchase the best of equipment. Healthcare systems are, are overlooked. Yes. Because when we think of cybersecurity, we are always thinking about the end users and we're always thinking about the government and we're thinking about the banks. But sometimes the healthcare sector is pushed to the side. Patients are in more control of their medical record. That could be an underlying issue as well, too, because patients have medical records that they can share. And patients have medical records that sometimes they may give the rights to the wrong person. And speaking of medical records, let's talk about electronic health record safety, EHR. EHR takes us back to transitioning from a paper-based medical records organization to an electronic-based organization. The Veterans Administration has taken great strides and transitioned to EHR because with EHR, it gives um, the VA uh, much more control over health records, much more of a protection standards, and it can accelerate access to data as well. Think about the five, five million veterans that are trying to gain access to their patient health records, and if their records was, uh, how could I say, if it was a hard copy and it's in Seattle somewhere and a veteran stays in Atlanta, 
imagine what that veteran had to do to get a copy of that record because it has to be copied first and it has to be sent through email or it got to go through the regular mail system. When you implement EHR, it is an electronic version on a database and then, you know, the veterans can log in to go see their medical records. Some of the other factors that can improve EHR here is reducing the incidence of medical error by improving the accuracy and clarity of medical records. Yes, because you can easily make changes and providers can input information in the system that is accurate. Making the health information available. I I just talked about that one because it's very important. I, as a veteran, would say that I like this step here because I'm not good at keeping paper. I've, I've, I've been notorious for throwing paper away. And for some reason, about every other week, I always find some piece of paper to throw away. But, but when it comes to medical records that are saved in electronic format, then it helps all veterans out. Reducing medical error by improving the accuracy and clarity of medical records. Outstanding. Securing information on database. When you can secure the information on database, you can reduce risk. Think about paper. And think about if you could not really secure anything because you had a paper copy so that means most people will leave it out on the desk. You know, they leave it in the car, and then the car gets stolen, and then someone has your medical record. And not only that, most of your medical records has your Social Security number on it. Now, this feeds a hacker's appetite. So when you have these electronic versions of the health records, someone has to have authorization through an electronic format to gain access to that record. And as long as you have the proper security controls in place, you are protected. Now, there are some people that are old school. Old school people are saying, I'm not really trusting this new age of IT, so I keep all my information in a shoebox in the corner, and it's at my house, and I have a lock on my closet. All right, there are some people that are still living back in the 70s because they don't trust modern architect or or modern IT. But through digital modernization, hopefully one day they can pull everything out of that shoebox and trust systems, all right? Some of the other factors, too, is that um, the VA now is trying to work on a 10-year period um, up until 2028, where it wants to transition um, to a complete EHR, complete by 2028, no paper records anymore. That's outstanding. I always talk about the VA because of the medical records that the VA has to maintain because they are one organization that has records for all veterans where you go to other providers like Emory and a couple of the hospital, it's just normal citizens. Now, some of the other factors, too, is that I want to talk about here, and uh, which is very important, is the best practices. So with cybersecurity 
and technology, we have the best in the breed of systems. And the healthcare system has artificial intelligence, telemedicine, so you can see that smiley face of your doctor. Also, too, you have the kiosk machines that make it easy for you to check in. But as stated before, underneath all of those technology, cybersecurity is there and cybersecurity is needed. Here are some things that should occur. Ten cybersecurity practices are detailed in techno volumes to mitigate the above threats in the following areas. Okay. So, so there's plenty of technical volumes out there that are going to tell you how to secure healthcare industries. So what I've done is that I found 10 of these that I think that um, serves the best purpose. Email protection systems and emails. You can't send out social security numbers. You can't send out healthcare information. This is where data loss prevention comes to surface. Endpoint protection systems, endpoint electric kiosk machines in your mobile devices. Those system has to be cybersecurity ready. Access management is very important because not everybody has access to your medical records. So access management means that systems need to be safe. Data protection and loss prevention Yes, so that goes in line with data data loss prevention. Asset management, every organization in IT has an issue with this uh, asset management um, issue, okay? Assets management is about knowing how many computers are on your enterprise, how many kiosk machines are on your enterprise, how many mobile devices are on your enterprise, this is a struggle for most organizations. In the healthcare industry, it suffers as well. I've always thought that the best way to manage your asset management program is to do an inventory and discover what you have and to institute a change management program. So if someone brings on some new devices on the network or if they want to bring new devices on the network, they got to have to go through a change management program. Network management is very important because different type of networks have to communicate to each other. And when we speak of networking, see, we talk about availability as well too, making sure systems are always up and operating. Vulnerability management is very important because different applications and software systems are very vulnerable if you don't pass those systems and you don't fix those systems, then what happens is that you feed the hacker's appetite and they become what I call an open access point. Incident response programs need to be swift, needs to be untacked because when you have incidents, you want to respond in a rapid um, manner so that you can resolve the incident. Medical device security is very important because when individuals are carrying these medical devices, there needs to be some type of security channel in place. Even if it's going through Wi-Fi, you still have to secure that Wi-Fi point. If you have individuals that take medical devices to their homes, it still needs to be secured. And part of that is that 
these medical devices it has to be tested prior to individual even carrying them home. <coughs> Cybersecurity policies are very important too because you need to have policies in place so that uh, systems can be configured properly so that individual can practice cybersecurity appropriately. Beyond that, I always like to say that we can be safer. Part of the way we can be safer is to look at the healthcare and say that there are challenges. And we can overcome those challenges because we're smart. Because we are carrying a cybersecurity mindset. And with a cybersecurity mindset, it also works in the voting system. The voting system has a lot of problems now. You've been listening to the Chief of Cybersecurity Podcast, where you have gained relevant knowledge to enhance your cybersecurity mindset. Be sure to visit DwayneHart.com to learn more about authored publications, show notes, and discover more information concerning cybersecurity.